Welcome to Managing Marketing and today I'm sitting down having a chat with Jane Ratcliffe who's the Managing Director Australia and New Zealand at Standard Media Index or better known as SMI. Welcome Jane. Thanks Darren. Um, look, uh, SMI, you've been around for a while now. How long has it been? Ten years this year. Wow, mm. a decade. Well, we're coming up to our 20th year, so... Oh. Because I remember uh, you were the editor of media at The Australian. Yes. And uh, obviously covering the industry from a, uh, from a journalistic point of view. Mm. But um, I guess, you know, SMI is an extension of that in a way, isn't it? In a way, in, in the sense that um, through my role as a business media reporter, um, I could see that there was a desperate need for um, better uh, visibility and what was going on from an advertising expenditure perspective. Um, and that's where my partner and I went and um, created SMI to try and fill that gap. I guess, you know, because I was thinking um, in response to, you know, and, and uh, you've said this yourself, mm. you know, you often hear people say, look, you know, data around media expenditure is wrong by about 10 to 15 percent, but the fact that we're all getting the wrong data means that it's okay. I know. It's pretty lazy, isn't it? Well, look, I think there's a number of reasons for that. You know, people haven't really sought um, any better way to do it. And there's also a level of complacency because the feedback that I get from marketers is that um, because it's wrong for everyone, this is what they say, because it's wrong for everyone, no one has a competitive advantage and therefore it's okay. And, um, you know, frankly, I think in this day and age where, you know, the, the uh, industry is so data-driven and everyone hangs their hat on having the best data and whatever, to, to just accept that, particularly at a brand level, you know, the estimates can be wrong to such a degree and, and to be comfortable with that is no longer acceptable. Yeah. I wonder if part of it is that, you know, great Australian tradition of she'll be right, mate, with the thumb up, or whether it actually extends globally and yeah, it's in look, every look, to market. Be, to be fair, it's the same everywhere. It's not just Australia, it's all around the world. You yeah. know, there, there's never been um, a way, certainly from an, a brand level um, perspective, to be able to get um, accurate brand level or competitor spend. Mm. You know, through SMI, we've been able to crack, crack, crack the nut, I should say, on um, media spend. So, you know, because we take um, the payment data from the media agency's payment systems, we now, at least for national market or agency ad spend, have pretty well perfect data for you know, all the major media, TV, radio, outdoor, whatever. We can break that down in numerous ways, you know, into media sectors, for example. So, you know, metro TV ad spend, regional TV, subscription TV. In digital, we 
we um, have the only data for search, for example, because it comes from the payment system, the only data for social media, the only data for programmatic ad spend. Mm. We go further, we break it down into ad formats. So we have the only ad spend data for online video, online native, online audio, on and on it goes. And because it's the buy side, it's mm. going to be more reliable than perhaps asking for the sell side, isn't it? The sell side's yeah. always going to be more sort of, well, you know, it's a bit like this. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, to be fair, some of the industry uh, peak bodies do a reasonable job of, of reporting their ad spend. And, you know, the benefit that they have is that it's the total. So, you know, we're only agency. And for newspapers in particular, radio to a certain degree, there's a large proportion of their total revenue that comes from small business or mums and dads. Right? Do you have a sense of how much that is above and beyond the sort of main agency spend? Well, it differs, yes. It differs. No, but as a whole, you know. No, it, well, look. Yeah, because I think you said the, the, figure, the figure you report on is about seven billion? Seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Seven and a half billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's this crazy figure that's been flying around of 16 billion. Mm. But I think I've always thought the Australian market at 16 billion, someone's lumping in every single dollar that's spent on marketing, not just media. Yeah, well, of that 16, you know, more than half, 8.8 last year was digital. And and that relies on um, estimates of Google, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, right. and whatever. So um, all I would say is that 10 years ago when we started SMI and you know, we used to um, compare ourselves to Caesar as it was back then, which was the um, combination of all the industry data, the whole market was worth 12, maybe 13 billion, right? Mm. And apparently in 10 years, it's grown by three and a half billion dollars, mm. which seems an exceptionally high growth rate. Like if that was the case, all major media yeah. executives would be driving around in super duper Maserati you know like there would be such a wealth of revenue in the industry that we'd all be you know especially in the context that the last 10 years we've seen so much pressure on unit prices of uh, media yeah. so to have total volume growth or not volume revenue, so revenue growth mm. um, at a time when there's we've had 10 years of this constant downward mm. pressure mm. makes it even more extraordinary that well, level of, of revenue growth. well we, we don't know obviously no one knows really what's happening in the small business part of that and you know so if you look at the total 16 billion and compare it to SMI SMI or national marketers are only contributing 44 and a half percent of the total. Mm. So, you know, you have to start applying a bit of a, a reason, uh, what is a reasonable proportion. Mm. You know, how big do you think the small business ad market is relative to the total? And we can see that in the past 10 years, you know, the ad market has had a nice cumulative growth trajectory. It might have been 1.5%. Two mm. over time, two percent over time. You know the agency market, despite everyone always trying to push it down, continues to grow. You know the agencies are changing their business models, changing their services to clients. You know they're really proactive in delivering um, lots of innovation to clients, and you know as a result, the amount going through the agencies continues to grow and grow and grow. And it mm. has like the last six years have been have seen consecutive growth 
in a total agency spend, right? But to go from 12 to 16, like knowing that agency spend has not grown at anywhere near that rate, Mm. means that there has apparently been some massive boom in small business ad spend that's gone unreported. And that could be, you know, the rivers of gold that used to be the Fairfax and News Corp classifieds, which was the about the only small business uh, mm. media opportunity, paid media opportunity that existed. Mm. Um, you know, is that Facebook and Google now? You know, that's the well, possibility. You know, like the, the only real comparison, like if you go back to my journalistic days, you know, when we reported on the Caesar data at the time. Back then, um, the Caesar data included a section which was called search and directory advertising. And back then, white and yellow pages were part of Telstra. Mm. Um, and so they reported their actual figures to Caesar. And it was about $2 billion, you know, back in 2009, the search and directory market, maybe 2.3. Um, so they no longer provide that data because now that part of Telstra is owned by private equity, mm-hmm. so they don't see any need to do it. Yep. So it's not reported anymore, but you know, if you look at search in the digital numbers that for the industry that are reported, it's about four, four mm. billion or something. So, you know, again, you have to start trying to apply what is reasonable, you know. Clearly, Google's taken most of that $2 billion that used to be part of Telstra or Yellow Pages or whatever, but you know, Yellow Pages still exist, so there's still something there. Um, so, but you know, let's, you know, you can assume that they've taken, I don't know, maybe one and a half billion, and then that was the size of the small business directories yeah. advertising market back at the time. To what degree has that grown? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, good point. Um, one of the clever things about SMI is that you've walked this very fine line between providing valuable business knowledge, media mm. knowledge, without stepping over into the sort of compet- competitive uh, um, uh, confidentiality, you know, yeah. in that by rather than looking at a brand level, creating quite a, uh, a detailed category uh, view mm. of the marketplace. It's it's provided useful insights without actually revealing what each competitor's spending, hasn't it? That's right. And it, you're right. It's a it's a very fine line that we continue to walk. And it's it's hard because you know no advertiser will ever want their true ad spend revealed. No, the, of course, but they the, want to know all their competitors. They want to know all their competitors, <laughs> and you know like. <laughs> The number of conversations I've had where, you know, someone says, but why can't you give me theirs? And I said, well, will you give me yours? And they say, of course no. not. <laughs> well, you but know, it works both ways. I guess I guess, from my perspective, you know, because there's a lot of talk in the industry about trust and trust. You know, clearly um, it's required a huge amount of building trust with the agencies and their clients mm. to be able to take this data mm. and break it down into a way that makes it useful mm. but doesn't step over that line. Because yeah, it, it didn't happen overnight, did it? No. But, it, you know, this is a good point because, you know, everyone, there's, there's always so much criticism that agencies aren't transparent, media agencies aren't transparent. Well, you know, like, 
The fact that what they have done with SMI completely rebuts that argument. You know, they have been working with us for 10 years now to improve transparency, with the caveat, of course, that you can never reveal individual advertiser spend. And it's not easy. But, you know, we have been able to break the category data down into um, really granular levels of detail. So advertisers can actually have a true view of what their category is doing. Like they can actually know now what their category is doing. And you know, we put in place lots of um, protection. So for example, we've just released for digital um, a new service called Client Count, where we can show um, for each individual category across all the digital sectors, so search, social, programmatic, content sites, video sites, and the like, the actual number of clients active that month in, in, that a, in that category and therefore an average category spent. But what we've done in the back end of the system is if there are three or less clients active in any of those cells in the month, it's blank. Yeah, and, and look, that makes sense because mm. you know, at that point, uh, one of those three mm. could easily extract well what their expenditure is yeah. and have a very good idea yeah. of what their uh, their competitor or two is doing. Exactly, exactly. But you know, it's a super useful tool because previously, you know, we could say for airlines that um, let's say three hundred thousand dollars was spent last month on social media. You know, that's nice, but we didn't know if it was three airlines contributing to that 300,000 or if it or was one. 10. <laughs> or one. Yeah. But, but so from, a, from an advertiser perspective, you can now actually see what is the average amount being spent on my category on programmatic mm-hmm. and compare that, well, how much am I spending? Am I above or, or below? You know, how much is my category spending on average? this month on social media, search, whatever. And you know, one of the next projects, because we're continually developing the data, is to do the same for outdoor. Mm. Because outdoor has a certain level of opaqueness as well. So you know, we're about to do client count for outdoor and average category spend for outdoor, which will be great. Fantastic yeah. for advertisers. They can actually know for the first time what is the true amount on average being spent. And you know, it's real data but it's not revealing any individual advertiser spend, and that's the key. That protects the advertiser, it protects the agencies, and it protects SMI. (laughs) (laughs) But I also think because you're dealing with uh, most of, not all of the media agency groups, but most of the major major Mm -hmm. players and even some of the independent players as Mm, well. Lots of independents. that uh, you know, some people would describe that as herding cats, and the fact that you've managed to get so far over ten years uh, is obviously testament to uh, meeting the expectations of those players. Yeah, look, they wouldn't do it if they didn't gain value, and mm. being able to see, like, to have visibility on the market, to be able to see each month what is actually going on is critical for agencies. And you know, prior to SMI, they were all flying blind. Mm. You know, everyone was guessing again. You know, there was no way of knowing each month, you know, in a timely way, what was actually happening. And that's why back in the day, I remember when I used to write articles about advertising revenue and I'd quote Harold Mitchell or Peter Horgan or, or whatever, I would get so many phone calls from uh, sales directors, um, CEOs of media companies, and whatever. What else did Harold say? What else did Annie say? <laughs> Belinda, what else did Belinda? You know, yeah. back in the day, 
Um, and and even um, equity analysts within mm. you know Goldman Sachs and all like that ring me. What else did they say? And and so, you know, I could see that there was demand for better knowledge. Mm. And you just imagine if there was no SMI today, everyone yeah. would have no idea. Everyone might assume digital was eighty percent of all spend. You know. Well, like, that's what the <laughs> trade uh, media reports because that's what the uh, all the digital stakeholders. Yeah. Look, you know, and look, it is it is a fascinating media, but. There's a, every media has its place, mm. you know. Like, you look at press and what they do with travel advertising, you know, like a, a print ad is fabulous for being able to um, detail um, offers, you know, where you've got lots of detail in any offer. Well, it's a natural thing for a print ad. Mm. You know, outdoor has a great role to play as well, especially with digitisation, you know, digitisation of um, screens, uh, outdoor screens in shopping malls is fantastic, you know, for the whole point of getting closer to the point of purchase. It depends on the advertiser. It depends on what they're trying to achieve. But, you know, the fact is we have a really healthy media industry here. Um, and it's because um, we are competitive and everyone does a really good job of um, managing innovation within their own sector you know there's never nothing happening mm. yeah i know we've had quite a few conversations with you know uh, out, out of home um and uh, obviously broadcast and print mm. but uh, it's interesting you mentioned print ads because you know it's well reported and i think uh, mark ritson says you know looking at media trends it's newspapers uh printed newspapers that have really suffered over the 10 years with circulation but in actual fact, they've done quite a good job recently with increasing their um, digital uh, uh, circulation, haven't they? Or their oh, digital yeah. reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're packaging it quite well as as well, getting both the print and the yeah. um, Look, digital. Newspapers are never given the credit I think they deserve because they monetize their online content really effectively, well before any other major media, any other traditional media. You know, like they're now. I think from a national market of agency ad spend perspective, 30% of total what we now call news media revenue is digital. Mm. And that's well above, you know, I don't know, magazines might be the next at 10% of total. Mm. You know, it's way, 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 way above um, anything else. So, you know, it is a package solution for mm. them, but they can do both really well because they've got the premium content. Mm. So if you're an advertiser that is after eyeballs um, and want you know a premium environment in which for your ad to go yeah it's it's the natural market now the other one obviously is uh, the growth of digital because what 10 years ago what was digital as a, to, and now 26 yeah so yeah that's a phenomenal growth yeah yeah it's a complete structural change absolutely and, and, you know, the US, they're reporting that uh, uh, digital will out, uh, be outspending um, or marketers will outspend on digital over to um, broadcast television in the US no, in, well. in, in the US in 2019. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Look, well, they're talking about uh, all digital. See, and that's the other thing is that, you know, people talk about digital media, but they actually mean search, they mean video, yeah. they mean uh, well, look, display, they, in, you know. We, we're in the US, we report data in the US, and um, we can see, and, and keep in mind, agencies are predominantly looking 
to do campaigns across the country. You know, it's it's rare for an agency, I should imagine, unless you're a teeny tiny local agency, to be doing little regional campaigns or whatever. So in the data that we collect from the major agencies in the US, you know, more than 80% of all agency spend in the US is either TV or digital, mm. right? So, you know, it's 40% for each. And, you know, outdoor is so fragmented there. Mm. Newspapers, there's only a couple of national newspapers, so, you know, it's a teeny tiny proportion of the market. Magazines, they only buy on a couple of big titles like US Vogue, People and, and the like. Um, yeah, it's predominantly TV and digital. So, you know, to say that digital is going to overtake television, well, you're assuming, again, that there's a massive small business expenditure going through digital and, you know, arguably there is with Google and Facebook and whatever, you can't actually know the true size. So it's really hard. But I guess the other thing is just to lump all of digital together is sort of a misnomer because in that, as I said, is search, video, display. But we get all of that for the national marketers. Yeah, but you get it as a breakdown. People then are either bundling it up or to make it sound more impressive, they're saying all digital media is bigger than television. Well, it's a bit like saying um, regional is bigger than metro. There's fragmenting fragmenting one and and um, consolidating the other to make it look more impressive. Mm. Look, I suppose the issue for me is that I just like to deal in real facts. Mm-hmm. And when you start having to talk about the total market, i.e. including direct, it invariably, again, requires a lot of estimation. Yeah. No, sorry, I'm just saying yeah. that, you know, I, I think we have to change the discussion when we talk about digital media mm. into do you mean search? Oh, do right. you mean display? Do you mean video? Because in a way, they're all different channels. They may all be on digital platforms, but then you could argue all media today, apart from actual print media, is digital. Radio is digital. TV is digital. Part of it. Well, the, well, way it's the, deli- the way it's delivered is digital. Yeah, but if, well, okay. I, I look, I always break it down to, I see it through the prism of advertising expenditure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, linear television, you know, through the airwaves, or through the um, TV frequency, is still 95% of all TV ad spend mm. in our data. You know, same for radio. You know, it, it will grow. I think, um, you know, what's going on with podcasting and whatever is fascinating for radio. It's going mm. to be a really a great opportunity for the industry to um, delve into a whole new area. And, mm. you know, clearly um, it has very strong audiences. So, um, you know, it would be completely normal for advertising revenue to follow. Well, we saw the uh, networks in Australia um, really starting to pitch their, you know, some call it catch-up TV yeah. or their digital delivery. Yeah, it's great Streaming. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I see that. Does that get lumped in as digital advertising or is it broadcast? No, it's digital because it's, again, you're not buying a 30-second TVC. You're buying um, either a, a digital ad, mm. either or you know, on a cost per thousand basis or, or whatever the um, metric is that they've used. But it's being delivered through the internet. Um, it's bought as a, a digital media. And the great thing about the SMI data is that any time an agency 
goes to pay for something, the first thing they have to do is say, okay, what is the media? What am I buying? Because that will bring up lots of different options. Mm. You know, like if you're buying a press ad, you have to specify colour or print. You know, if you're buying a linear TV ad, you have to specify is it a 15 second TVC, a 30 second TVC or whatever. You know, if you're buying a digital ad, um, you know, you have to specify, is this through programmatic? You know, is this a direct IO? Um, what is the format? You know, what is the buy type? Mm. Yeah. Um, the other area that's uh, interesting is programmatic, because again, if you read the trade media, programmatic's just expanding and accelerating in popularity and is going to consume the way all media is bought eventually. Is that true? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> And well, but you know, I keep reading the trade media and that it's programmatic this and programmatic that. So. Well, you know, to be fair, the trade media are also reporting on the uh, voluntary administration of numerous companies, you know. <laughs> Videology was taken over by yeah. Amobi, you know, Sismic has just gone kaput. Into, kaput into voluntary administration and that's that's a key issue for the mm. industry overall. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there has been... Um, such enthusiasm for programmatic that you've seen so many people jump into the space and say oh but we are the best at programmatic because we have this you know special feature or we specialize in this or whatever and i think anyone that's ever seen one of those loomscapes yeah. would uh, readily agree that uh, it's a market that needed sorting out you know it was just not large enough to be able to support so many competitors and that's what's happening now, you know, like some significant companies, even those like Sismic that had uh, private equity backing, uh, are suffering and, mm. you know, unable to trade. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's also because uh, it's a bit like the Gartner hype curve, isn't it? You know, a lot of the trade press and the trade media pick up on the new shiny thing mm. and it gets talked up because the investors are behind it. Mm. But then the actual... That, that part of the curve where it becomes mainstream and, and starts getting used is often the part that gets missed. Yeah, look, it's, I've seen a few bubbles in my time, like the top, do you remember the dot-com bubble in oh, 2000? Oh, yes, we started in, uh, in, we started in 2000, so we were oh. part of the dot-com boom, yeah. we call it. But, yeah, uh, the dot-com boom. But it became past. a bubble that went past. Oh, look, I remember at the time as a journal, and, you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm so... Um, passionate about real data. I, I remember at the time, through the dot-com bubble, you know, there'd be some teeny tiny media company that would start that say, would say, I'm the, the I'm going to be the e-tailer of the future. And then there would be some unusual, let's say, research that would come out and say, oh yes, online retail, this is back in 2002, is going to be worth, well, I don't know, 10 billion, 15 billion, whatever. Like, they would just put a figure, but it would have a reputable company's name on it, so I shan't name names, mm -hmm. but I know and I still remember them. And I remember as a journo writing about this because it was the flavour of the month at the time. And, you know, such and such retailer or online company was about to ASX list through a old mining shell company. A, back, a backdoor listing. A back, the old backdoor. There were so many backdoor listings back mm, in the day. A cheap way of doing it. I know. And, but I actually felt guilty writing, you know, and such and such 
research company says the online retail market is going to be worth $20 billion by... And I knew in my gut there was absolutely no way that they could ever... Justify that. Justify that. Like, like, how do you... And, and, you know, you couldn't interrogate the data in any way. Um, But, you know, as a result, these companies listed, and, you know, the press was complicit in this. And, you know, I, I well remember feeling a sense of almost guilt because... Yes, I was reporting it, but everyone was reporting mm. it. But I, I, I knew that the claims were probably unachievable. Mm. Um, and so I suppose we would try and put a bit of pessimism into the way we report it. But even but so... But it's hard because, as you say, the, yeah. there's no actual data. No actual it's data. basically someone sitting there going, well, based on my reputation as an expert in quotes, uh, this is what I believe, you know? I know. And so, how much were they paid? I would love to know. How well, a lot of people got paid? rich and a lot of people lost their shirts. Yeah, That's what a bubble does. how much did those does. research companies oh, yeah. get paid, you know? Yeah. Like for coming up with, you know... And, you know, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing to not have accurate data. So this is, you know, I, a lot of people uh, talk about the, uh, you know, the media industry and, and the, the ills of it. Mm. One of the groups that I hold accountable mm. and are very rarely held accountable are actually the big investors in ad tech and um, online media companies. Because do you remember during the after the dot-com bubble burst mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of talk around the ability of being able to engage with customers on a one-to-one basis then somewhere around 2006-2007 the, the, the conversation changed about online media to mass audience delivery efficiently and a lower price mm-hmm. and I think if you're an investor you invest in an online media company who's saying, yes, we're all about customization and personalization and actually engaging on a one-to-one. And then you go, that's actually not going to make me the return on investment I want. I want you to go out and get lots of money based on you reaching lots of people cheaply. And I see that a lot when I talk to marketers that still talk about digital media in terms of impressions and CPMs. When in actual fact, digital media is... It can certainly reach a lot of people, but whether it does it effectively and efficiently is still questionable, mm. isn't it? Look, all I, the biz- I, I'm, I'm saying the business model is is basically what's caused a lot of the issues around things like um, brand safety, uh, brand safety, um, uh, transparency, and uh, and ad fraud. Mm. Look, I I, I I can't speak about effectiveness and, and the like but you know clearly um and you know like the iab is is really trying to do this is when you get to 26 percent of spend mm. you have to have a really good measurement system and you know historically the digital media haven't had a brilliant measurement system which is almost it's, it's strange isn't it because you think the nature of digital would mean that you could press a green button <laughs> And all the data that you need will just go whoop and into a correct bucket and, and whatever. But the back end of digital, as I have learned, because I spend a lot of time mm. in the back end of payment systems and whatever to try and get better and better data, but the back end of digital is arguably more complex and difficult and opaque and hard to extract information from than for any other media. 
Mm. Well, why is that? You know, like, I'm amazed, actually, that this far into the digital media journey, some IT person hasn't come up with a, a tag or, or something that can sit on each piece of digital advertising and so that if you do need to measure it or know where it went or know anything about its journey, you could see it. But you can't. You cannot see. It's very, very hard to be able to see. So, you know, we can see it from a payment perspective. We know how much was paid, but what it actually did, where it went, yeah. no idea. Mm. And that, and that's really what you're providing is an insight into where the investment's going. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, we've got that nailed. So the next <laughs> part is, uh, I guess, for the industry, and you mentioned the IAB, mm. is to start then proving what it actually bought. Yes, and, you know, I think Gay's doing a great job, you know, the whole cross-measurement thing that she's trying to do and, you know, a real focus on measurement. And, you know, I don't envy her because it's super hard when you have so many um, digital players in the market, each with their own commercial interest, trying to create consensus on anything is incredibly difficult. Well, one of the problems, as you say, is so many, and they've often got very different um, agendas. Yes. Uh, the interesting thing is, like, viewability. You know, viewability of online video. If someone watches the first five seconds, have they viewed the message mm. of a 15-second ad or a 30-second ad or a, a video? You know, I know it's interesting from my own perspective looking on YouTube and then you, you, uh, you know, we were making three-minute videos and at about one minute, the viewership dropped below 50%. <laughs> when you actually dived deep into the into the analytics. So we started making one minute videos and it drops off at about 20 seconds. <laughs> so, you know, no wonder people are talking about six second ads as a way of, you know, just purely trying to get high performing online video. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just pleased that what I do is measurement of advertising expenditure. <laughs> Not and measurement of The measurement of audiences <laughs> yeah. or performance is just such a ridiculously complex um, scenario hmm. I'll leave it to them <laughs> yeah leave it to but I, you know I, if they do answer that then there's going to be quite an interesting synergy in the future between investment and performance because yes. ultimately the value equation is not just what you bought but how well that uh, performed for you yeah, look, I, and I think it is critical for digital as well. Like, if they want to maintain um, such a large proportion of national market or ad spend, it is incumbent upon them to get better at measuring it from an audience and um, performance perspective. And, you know, they're working towards it. Mm. So uh, what are the plans for SMI? Which countries are you in now? We publish in New Zealand, mm -hmm. uh, we publish in the US and the UK, uh, we'll soon publish in uh, Canada and mm -hmm. a couple of other markets as, as well. Um, yeah, so it's all just about continuing to develop the data. You know, it's, it's interesting because the needs in each market are always slightly different. Mm -hmm. um, the data taxonomies in each market is slightly different, um, the way each individual industry sees itself. As an example, you know, in the UK, cinema is considered part of outdoor. Oh, okay. And, and same in the US. So, you know, within our 
outdoor sectors, you know, we'll have posters, street furniture, retail, outdoor, and then cinema. <laughs> Whereas if you said that to an Australian, they'd say, oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess if you call it out of home, it's uh, you do have to leave home to see it. <laughs> True. I don't think Val Morgan would like that. No, but, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it, it's interesting um, that you said that because uh, we often have to deal with procurement, global procurement teams who are inclined to come into the Australian market uh, with a view that, well, media is the same in every market. No, no, no. And it's very, very different. Oh, you know, it's, it's actually fascinating. If you look at a different taxonomies, you know, we do data in China. We don't publish it yet in China, but um, as part of our um, quid pro quo with some of our agencies, we do their data in China, so mm-hmm. clean it for them and provide it back to them so that they can report back to clients more quickly um, at the end of the month. And, you know, just the different types of subscription TV over there. Mm. You know, it's, it's fascinating, the different media sectors within different markets. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, because uh, SMI, it, would you consider yourself a medium, small to medium enterprise still, or have you grown beyond that? Oh, no, well, less than 100 people, yeah, so definitely small to medium. Because we call ourselves a um, micro-multinational. Ah, uh. <laughs> In that uh, we're an SME that's in multiple markets. We're also in the UK, US, uh, uh, Singapore for Asia and Australia. So similar markets. Fantastic. Yeah, but uh, that gets a laugh just as you did when I say micro multinational. (laughs) Well, you can these days, can't you? Like it's, it's, uh, you know, with the communication and the, the technology now, it's not so hard to keep in touch. So if there's uh, marketers listening uh, that are wondering how to get more value from the data that you guys produce, Mm. I guess they just contact you, Jane. Yes. The agencies, from a category perspective, have only got access to the um, parent-level category, so like total retail, total travel, total auto, for example. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so we then have a premium tier which we sell ourselves. So if you want um, the data for travel, let's say, broken down further into airlines, government tourist bureaus, hotels, accommodation and the like, or or auto brand broken down into brand sponsorship, SUVs, micro small cars, medium large cars and the like, you have to come to us. It's interesting because uh, obviously the media agencies are participating because they see value from it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately the real value is for advertisers, isn't it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like the whole um, purpose of SMI is initially to enable the media agencies to do a better job for their clients. Mm. You know, because they have market transparency, they can, for the first time, know what's going on and so provide better advice to their advertiser clients. Mm. Well, look, uh, I just noticed the time. It's been uh, it's been terrific having a chat. Thanks for uh, popping by. Thanks, Darren. It's been fun. Just as a uh, final question, can uh, anyone access the SMI premium data, such as, I don't know, uh, consultancy? Mm-hmm.